And we return once again for our 50th episode of Audio Pong. Are we really at 50 episodes this today? This is 50 today. Wow. It's been uh, it's been a journey so far. It's been, well, almost two years since yeah. we started this little project of ours. That's insane. Why? What's so surprising about it to you? It doesn't feel that long. It doesn't feel that long. And it also, it's like, you know, 50s, you know, it's a fun number. It's, it's a, a fun, ha- halfway to 100. It's a mentally satisfying number. Yeah. yeah. Numbers are kind of meaningless in that regard. Like, because we're going to be keep doing this forever. So it doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. You know, I have that thought. So speaking on meaningless, like, n- numerology or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's funny to me how even numbers, for example, are more popular than odd numbers mm, in general. Th- that's exactly why I like odd numbers more is because it's subversive. But also, <laughs> yeah, but oh, OK, but on that same token, on that same thought, it's always even as a kid, it, it was weird to me that we care at all about whole numbers like you know we like for example mm. oh wow you know these dates match up or these numbers oh, match up dude. or someone reached 100 or something it's like dude what about 100.1 how come you're not excited about that <laughs> you know? i really liked uh two twenty two twenty two on a tuesday i was like this is the best i bought my house that day oh, so it was well, amazing that's memorable, yeah yeah it was like the best it was the coolest and were like cool. all writing the date so many times, like two, 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 two. I was like, yes. <laughs> I sound like a machine gun in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I no, numbers are because it's like uh, when you when you age too. Like I really don't feel much different on each each birthday. You will. I was well. Thirty is the first. I'm thirty, guys. But it's the first time I did feel older. Mostly because I'm in more pain now, and it takes longer to recover from things, and it's like, I do feel older. We still, you know what, we gotta have a total, like, either on your next birthday, or just for fuck's sake this year, Mm. I wanna throw you like a 30 birthday party like a (laughs) bash. So you're saying either on my birthday, when I'll be 31, I'll have a 30th birthday? Yes. (laughs) Or no, even before that, like we'll just, we'll be like hobbits about breakfast. Like we'll just have another birthday for you this year, like a proper one. Okay, okay. Are you down with that? Yeah, I'm down right, with that. Cool. Yeah, this summer though. You plan it, I'll show month. up. All right, it's much like uh, Field of Dreams. You build it, and I will come. All right, and then we'll do that. I'll let you know. All right. Okay, <laughs> good. good to me. Yeah, no, you will, man. I. Uh, it's funny because these you mentioned time passing. These last three years have been the fastest years for me, and yet I did so little. In terms of like steady work, mm. you know. So they say that like novelty creates like you know your your brain latches onto new things more, so it kind of like makes time seem like it's going by slower. That's why when you, when you're younger, time seems to take forever, and as you get older, um, the time passes by faster because you're you're literally experiencing less new things it's true new things yeah that is true and part of it is because of uh well just getting older in general when your brain your brain creates shortcuts right so it creates mental leaps and uh so just like you know time kind of speeds up then you know you're not really focusing on no it really does i'm i'm often my some of my deepest thoughts are late at night like when i'm laying down for bed which Mm. is you know, which I was thinking about recently is the time that used to be the time that I read 
And now I seem to put myself, I anesthetize myself with really shitty YouTube videos because they put me to sleep. Yes. But at the same time, I'm like, what are these doing to my brain? And I miss, I miss reading. You know what I miss also about reading is the focus I had from reading. Reading, that's why I, that's why I think it was mentioned in a, in a podcast that I think we both watched recently. And it's a thought I've had before. What, what is the difference between listening to an audiobook, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and when comparing it to actually reading a book? Okay. And the author, Thatcher Wine, which is a really interesting name for a person to have. Yeah, that's a good name. That's, a good, that's an author's name right there. I don't there, know. It Thatcher sounds Wine. like a 60s hippie band that had one hit. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, Thatcher yeah, yeah, Wine. Yeah. Oh, you remember Thatcher Wine? Nah, man. Oh, well, they did, you know, they became the mamas and the papas. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah, like it sounds like that kind of shit. Which <laughs> that is not all true, tracked, by the way. That all tracked. That sounded very legit. See, I just, yeah, I, I just lied. <laughs> it's true, though. No, it's not. And... But he mentioned he mentioned in his podcast with Chris Williamson that the difference, the main takeaway from reading is that it creates a focus. And I've always believed that that is the main thing is that you're doing something manual and real. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, listening is real, too. Obviously, that's a physical thing. But but there's more there's more going on in the practice of your mental focus when you hold and read a book. Right. Yeah. So there's less distractions as well. Well, at least they say. I, I okay. Dude, so. there is. It's impossible to be distracted. I mean, I, I mean, okay, not impossible. It's impossible for you to distract yourself. You know. Okay. So I already have. I have difficulties reading, uh-huh. and when I do read, um, it's it's slow and it's boring, and and I can't. And, I, and I, my reading comprehension is very poor when I'm actually reading. Yeah. But when I listen to something. I hold on to it a lot better. But the thing is, I'll notice that I'm like kind of reading and my brain is making the sounds, you know, that of the words on the page. But I'm also thinking about something completely different. And I'll realize that I have no idea what I just read. Like I, I read the line. I read the, the paragraph or whatever. But I got sidetracked in my own mind thinking about other things. I get distracted way easier reading, like actually reading than I than I do when I listen to an audiobook. But I think if I may make an observation based on what you explained, um, when you struggle with something, it's much easier to be interrupted or distracted by yourself. Because when you struggle, your brain is immediately looking to abort (laughs) the struggle. Yeah, for sure. Right? So that makes sense that you would just, you would naturally distract yourself out of the task of reading. Right. But that's actually a point. So we're going to talk about multitasking. And I guess monotasking today to coin I like a that. term. That's not my term, but this is, I mean, it's an easy term to come by, right? Right. It's, it's like the opposite. But it of, sounds good. Yeah. So um, it's not mine, I guess, but what is? And that is something that I think comes out of something I wanted to talk about when it comes to multitasking in terms of um, your, your, your distraction. Or rather, here, this is my attempt to sound intelligent. Okay. Because I was thinking about this earlier. And so here's a recurring theme in all facets of life, in my opinion. And we talk about this. We reference horse riding when we, when we usually reference this. But return to basics, right? Practice your first steps often to maintain the form of your expertise. Study born from discipline is more fruitful than conquest only from desire. 
And that is a point I wanted to make. What was and that? I, Could you repeat that last part again? So basically, study born from discipline okay, so like is more fruitful nose. than conquest only from desire. Meaning, what I, a thought I had was that most things we do in life seem to be just very, not spur of the moment, but they are short-lived desires, right? There are roller coaster rides in our head. Like, mm. oh, I want to go do this. Yeah, oh, I yeah. want to learn this. Oh, I want right. to... Like everyone you know, wants to learn an instrument. Everyone wants to learn a second language, but few people actually take the time and and discipline and that's and that's the point i'm trying to, to make what i believe it. now at least you know is that you will get more from from doing the work from the discipline of studying something properly in other words like to use use an example if i if i was you one of my goals would be to push past my my barriers for for reading mm. that would be like a challenge to me that i would want to overcome now i know i'm Forgive me if that sounds imposing or judgmental in any way. It's not intended uh, to. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I get what you're saying, though. Mm-hmm. So that, so uh, that's how I try to look at everything in life. Is like, what is, what is my my challenge? What am I, what am I still interested in? But I've only just been impetuous with, right? You know, and 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 that is a. That is, I think, in part why we suffer the, the the negative aspects of multitasking. I also think some people don't like. What was your, what's your definition of multitasking, or what is the definition? Well, I would say taking upon one or or taking upon two or more tasks at a time, right? So there's different types of multitasking. There's like there's one way where you can actually multitask and that's when you're using two different regions of your brain right so if you're using like an automatic uh thing like walking washing the dishes folding laundry like one of those tasks combined with a more cognitive task like listen to a podcast or uh, a book um uh, watching a video off um like a youtube thing while you're washing the dishes or something like those are pretty medial tasks, and as long as you're not handling a knife or something, you should be probably fine. That's what, uh, going back to Thatcher Wine, he has a book on this. He talks about that. I think he calls that parallel tasking and serial tasking. Right, and then the other way, that the, the other form of multitasking, which is not possible, would be like uh, uh, talking and writing a task, uh, or writing a, uh, a text message. Right. Like you can't really talk to someone and write at the same time. Like it's very difficult for your brain to do. And at that point, you're if you are doing that, you're switch tasking, which is where you go from paying attention to what the person's saying or what you're saying to them and write then writing like you're not really doing both. at well, the same that, time. that the reason I ask you is because that's in my mind. I thought everybody understood multitasking the way I do. They don't. So it seems a lot of people, if I can say, seem confused that multitasking is doing lots of things at the same time or more than one thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. But that isn't multitasking. Multitasking, as far as what's going on in your brain, is more like switches. It's more like floating responsibilities in your mind so that you can address them quicker when you have to. And by that meaning in, say, the span of a short period of time, you know, a minute mm-hmm. or an hour, so that you can try to complete as many tasks as you need to. 
but you can't actually do more than one task at the same time. You can't piss and sneeze at the same time. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, blow you can, your but it's going to go it's going to go all over the place. You just you just going to you're going to miss the toilet bowl, that's for sure. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> Challenge pissing. <laughs> I can't make myself sneeze up, but I'm pretty sure I could do it. Yeah, but what would be the benefits? I guess that's what it comes there, down there to. Well, that that makes me think, too. I mean, there's so many things that we talk about. And one of the questions, the question that always comes up in my mind is, what are the benefits of this? It seems like most of the things that we have to deal with, and this is going to sound maybe naive, as humans, are really negative. Uh, they don't produce a positive. So if that's true, then where is the positive? Where is the fruit of our labor? And... That makes me think that there is, you know, that, that there isn't. We are just the laborer and we, you know, because who benefits from multitasking? Do you? Not in, unless if it, if, if it was real, then yes, it puts you on a competitive edge, right? You can complete more tasks at once. Therefore, you're more hireable, right? You're more hireable, but are you more competitive? I don't think you well, are that more, makes competitive. You more competitive, right? I think in, it makes you hiring feel. Field. I think it makes you feel more competitive because you feel more salutable, if that's the proper word, or more hireable. Mm -hmm. But that's serving, I mean, even by definition, you're serving the desire of something or someone else right? by making yourself more hireable. I don't think it actually makes you more competitive. I think focus makes you more competitive because if you were going to hire the best guitar player in the world. Would you care about how many songs they can play well or just how good of a player they actually are? And that's, I think, a good question because maybe maybe we differ there. Or maybe there is a, no right answer there. Like, what would that, matter that, to you? That, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question because it depends on the... It depends on what we're doing. If we're like a cover band... Right. And we're trying to we're trying to play multiple different genres. I want to want someone who's versatile. If we're making our own stuff, then I'm going to want you to be able to to create your own music. And if that music is great, then that's what I want. Right. Well, I think I. Right. That's a logical way to look at it. Sure. I think also. The way I the way I look at that as well is that a guitar player who can play a lot of songs in my experience, because here's the thing. I noticed that, and it's a lot more impressive as a, at it a is, party. But that's just it. We muddle we muddle excellence with impression, right? And by that I mean, because we're impressed, a guitar player, a musician can play so many different songs compared to a guitar player that's let's say who's a better player, like technically, mm-hmm. um, we equate them, but they're not the same, right? And I think that is serving different purposes. Well, that it's also, but it's also a mistake. I mean, that's like taking a gold medalist, you know what I mean? And comparing it to a champion. They're both excellent at what they do, but Mm -hmm. the gold medalist is in my mind, that is the better athlete, the better musician, the better, whatever. Because of the specialty. Yes. Because their focus and their skill is so much greater. I think if you have higher skill, you can do more. And because you can do more, you have choices that you can make that you couldn't do if you had less skill. That's the way I look at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's more important as well to have a greater skill and a field than, than to be able to do 
a bunch of things kind of well. You should be able to do something great and then kind of work your other skills up. But you're right. There is value to multitaskers, right? Using the analogy of the, of the guitarist again, mm-hmm. like you said, if you were, you know, like my sister and you were going to plan a large event for like, I don't know, 1,200 people, let's right. say. You want to hire a band that can play long hours and play a lot of songs. They'll have a lot of variety in their catalog, on their set list. Right. And you're not too concerned by how well they're going to play Beatles songs. Right. Right? But if you wanted the best Beatles songs, you'd hire the Beatles. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> yeah. So, so to speak. Or like uh, the, yeah, the, the analogous to the yeah. Beatles. So is there any time that you have tried to do multitasking? Oh, of course. I mean, my one thing this topic has made me re reevaluate because I've I've always come along the way in my life. I've evaluated my my multitasking, and it's always been a topic at the back of my head. That I just never really talked about it up front with mm-hmm. anyone, or really even my anyone beyond myself. And I would say most my entire life up until recently has been an endeavor to be a good multitasker. Because oh, really? it made me more hireable, and it it convinced me. I want to say falsely, but yeah, I'm in part falsely that I was excellent or good, or let's say excellent at a lot of different things, and I wasn't. I was good. I wasn't excellent, mm-hmm. and I equated my ability to be good at a lot of things as just as good mm-hmm. as being excellent at one thing and that's not the same and that sounds like a simple argument to have but i think i got lost in the the value of those things and i noticed i often noticed that a deep regret if i of the few regrets i could say i have in life my one deep regret i have that i want to fix now that and i'm you know in the middle of my life is that I haven't focused on the things that I love. And that was part of the reason I believe that I lost interest in them. Because I try to apply this multitasking mentality mm-hmm. to things that I'm passionate about. And boy, do those, those two things do not add up. If you're passionate about being an artist like I once was, that's what you need to do. You need to focus only on that. You can't waste a moment looking at other, you know, spending time with other fancies or other desires. You've got to, even in the moments when you're bored, that's the key. I think that's the key when it comes to discipline. Is yeah. When you're bored with what you're passionate about, that's when you need to kick yourself in the ball and say, look, pussy, you need, you need <laughs> to do this shit because you want to be good at this. You yeah. want to be, you don't want to stop. I call it my, the, the, the 75% rule. Yeah. And I've maybe mentioned this to you before, but my 75% rule means this. The real test of being good at something and even sometimes just finishing something well mm-hmm. is when you get to that 75% mark because that's when your multitasking tells you, your brain tells you you're starting to get bored with what you're doing. And you know, I know that if I push myself past the boredom phase and get to the 100% to get to the goal, I am really going to enjoy that victory. That is going to be a skill that I, a few people, a few other people have usually. And I know that I can do it. I can summon it. You need to reach a goal and able to, in, in order to have the ability to summon it at will. Because if you notice anything you haven't focused on well properly, 
you have trouble summoning. You have to sort of relearn it to be able to do it again. And I've noticed that in myself, and I and that has been the biggest warning to me now going forward in my life, that if I really want to be able to summon skills that matter to me, I need to focus on them. I can't, I have to embrace boredom. I have to live through that moment. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, that's a very good point. It's to, to push past that boredom or that, that wall. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe it's just not boredom, but it's a, the difficult phase, right? Maybe it's just, it got harder at this point. It can, yeah, and, sometimes, yeah. And, it, and and then you realize, oh, I can't do this. Well, that's not true. You can do it. You can do it. You can fucking do anything. You can right? do anything, right? Man. We're, fi- we're gods, okay? We can, we can literally create whatever we want. Dude, the world so, we live in is literally made up by us. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing different between me and the guy who built the skyscraper. I could learn how to build a skyscraper. That's I did just I would just have to do the same thing, put it in the same amount of work, maybe a little Why more. Why couldn't you? Right. Yeah, yeah. But um so but that's something that working out has taught me, right? Like my f- lifelong fitness journey <laughs> has uh has taught me even though when I when when I don't want to do something, that's when it's most important to do it. Yeah, usually. Right? Yeah. Because like that's when I have to, I have to push through that that feeling of like, I, oh my back hurts a lot today. I really don't want to work out. Maybe I'll just skip today. No, dude, fucking go into the gym and just do it. Just just do it. And, and yeah, be conscious of what you're doing. Don't like you know tweak your back more, or and and hurt yourself. But like you're not gonna hurt your 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 back doing some arm exercises, right? Like just work around whatever is giving you the ailment that day. Or if you're just feeling down that day, just just go. Just do what you need to do and and get it done with because because that that discipline will will carry through. And then the days that are that you kinda wanna go to the gym are gonna be even easier and more enjoyable because it's like you don't have it's like you already went through the the opposite side of the coin where you didn't want to do it and you did it anyway. So now the, the easy thing is going to be even easier. But How do we te- You bring up a good point. How do we teach ourselves to properly listen to the warnings our mind, our body gives us? Because I am traditionally a person who pushes himself too often. That sounds like a strength. It has caused me a lot of trouble and pain. And it will often set you back. That's a good interview answer. <laughs> yeah it's like what is, what is your 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 how, biggest weakness i push myself too hard <laughs> well but, what, but, how, but how do we properly so what i'm asking then is how do we properly listen to to warnings? how do we file a warning that is a legitimate warning from our body that we're doing too much uh file it away from say a warning that is just born from laziness and why isn't a warning for laziness important why are we so I feel like so often um, that is just automatically like so many things are considered to make you lazy. It's like, well, who may who passes that judgment? You do. But who yeah. taught you to be that way? Why is it important to do that? Because, I mean, obviously, some a lot of things in life, not sometimes every day in life, people struggle. Right. right. And, and some people struggle so bad that they have to manage a lot of negative things in their life. Right. And I don't mean just bills and and food on the table it can be just not getting stabbed or shot or even a clean place to live or 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 shower or bathe Mm -hmm. so so how do we how do we know the difference between what's detrimental and what's positive uh a stressor 
Yeah, I think right. there's I what I'm always trying to fine tune is that moment after I get a warning from my a complaint. Mm-hmm. So if we think of our body as like a corporation, right, with a higher authority run by a, a council, like that movie, uh what's that movie, that animated movie where there's like different colors? Osmosis Jones. No, no, oh, no. Inside Out. Inside Out. So like if you've seen Inside Out, just to quickly give an analogy or synopsis, it you're in the movie Inside Out, they're in you the audience is inside the brain of a young person, mm-hmm. right? And that young person's mind is delegated into uh, different um, emotional spheres, you got, emotional you got like functions, anger, right. envy, um, like the base depression. emotional, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the base emotions, and they control the decision making of the body. So, how is that like? So, when we reach that point, rather, when we get a complaint from that council, that authority in our mind, I feel like I always have to make a decision on whether or not I should listen to it. And my problem is. I often don't. I try to push past the warning. And I'm turning over a new leaf, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, we spoke earlier before that we started recording that um, I'm trying to listen. I'm getting better at listening to my gut instinct right. and just letting it run rather than always putting a wall up in front of it or editing it. And it's creating a weird dichotomy in my mind now. I feel like I'm talking to myself more often and communicating with myself is, is almost as if I was you know, two people running one body. If that doesn't make you sound crazy, I don't know what does, but <laughs> that's the best way I can explain it. So when you're when you're listening to your body, I think that like even if it's just mental fatigue, right? Like if you're like just like really stressed out and you and you and it's just more difficult cognitively to yeah. to do the work. How do you know when it's it's experimentation? Well, what do you do? Yeah, what, what, what's well, your process? I, I've, I've learned what's hurt me more and what's what I was able to push through, right? Especially physically. I think physical um, pain and physical like like uh, flags, notifiers that are telling me what's what's wrong with me has is a way easier to listen to than my mind trying to determine what is easier to push through or what is not easier but what is correct to push through and what is correct to listen to. Now that's to. interesting. I think it's easier. Because I feel the opposite. Really. Interesting. Because like to me it's like to me the body is like okay if I literally cannot do something I can't do it. Like physically like if my, my, my back was so bad I couldn't stand up straight well guess what we're not doing. Mm. We're not going to stand up straight because that's going to hurt more and that's so we're going to take this time to rest um, and the same thing with like a, a sprained ankle um, yeah sometimes you can run on it and, and as long as it's not getting worse then you're fine you mm-hmm. can keep going mm-hmm. you know but when when it comes to my mind and like say like a a depression phase like well, what do you even do if you're not if you're not finding joy in anything and and you're not finding like you know any 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 relief in any of these things that you used to used to be fulfilling or and used to be bring you joy it's like do i wallow no i can't just i can't just sit there i gotta at least i, I if i just sit there and do nothing then my situation is only gonna get worse so i have to do i at least have to maintain my life and and keep doing the things even though it's going to be harder to do them and i don't know how to deal with mental fatigue 
and and I guess in a um, in a, produ- a productive way in the sense of how do I make mitigate that and besides just pushing through it. Like, well, it does seem trauma based, doesn't it? It seems that as we talk about this, the, the the thought arises in my mind that making those decisions are trauma based. In your case, your your physical pain um, is an authority on your actions. Right. So because your back pain is so significant and debilitating, you make that decision easily on whether or not you will continue or even do a certain physical action. Right. And really the basis on that is if it gets worse from doing this action, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're not going to make things worse. We're, 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 the goal is to maintain or get better. So the determination, though, of deciding if it will become worse is based only on pain or is it based on the disability? Meaning- well, it's based, it's based on pain and the inability, right? Like if the pain is going to get worse from doing this action, mm. don't do that. If it's, if it's, if you're unable to do an action because of not just, because of pain but because of literal like the function is not there well then you can't do it so so the option's gone i think that's why i have because i'm the opposite of you i find it easier for me to determine mental warnings when i'm multitasking than it is for physical warnings because a lot of times almost every time when i'm doing something physical and i feel pain i push through it i push through it i push through it until I can't do it. Well, a lot of times when you can't do something, you've broken something, right? You've, yes. You've caught it. You've caused error, irreparable error, mm. at least irreparable in the sense that it can't be fixed right away. So yeah. you have to wait for yourself to heal, for right. example. Uh, there's an argument to say that happens mentally too, but mentally I feel I'm much better at knowing, at reading the road sign, the warning signs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if mentally my thought is driving down a certain is driving down a road to a certain conclusion. And along the way, I see road signs that say, you know, don't enter. Trespassers will be shot. I don't enter. I don't go down that, <laughs> that, that chain of thought. Right. And yeah, my, my, my mental warning signs aren't that loud though. No, yeah. they're not as loud as my, my physical warning signs for like pain. Like that, that is screaming. But, but my mental ones are like, Hey, we're here. You know, it's so probably, funny. To, probably it, shouldn't do that. Yeah, but, and isn't know. it funny? It's it's always funny to me, or I marvel at the fact that, and I've had this thought since I was young. And we, I mar, I've always marveled at the fact that we departmentalize our mind and our body, but they're literally we're one thing. Yeah, and it's so that that yeah, fucks you're right. me up. You're, so you're often. right, but like. <laughs> but that's how that's how people talk about it, though. People talk about. Okay. Oh, well, then that, okay, okay, that brings okay. up a question. I know this, I know this isn't really this isn't on the topic, but what, what what bothers me? Okay, so we have mind, body, spirit. Everyone breaks it down to those three things. What the fuck is spirit? What is spirit? But mind. To me, mind and spirit are the same thing. It's like I don't understand that. So like, I, that makes no sense to me. I feel your frustration, and I've attempted to answer that question. And it was born from an argument I had with a relative once about, um, it began between the fact that I was, he didn't know I was an atheist, which isn't anything. It just means I don't believe anything. So scientifically, I'm just agnostic, but he is a devout Christian. And he's, don't get me wrong, I don't make pass out. He's a good man. I love him. But he was shocked at the fact that I said I was spiritual 
but I'm not religious. That didn't make any sense to him. Mm-hmm. And he started to get upset that I was trying to explain it. So I just kept not attacking, but calmly trying to explain what it means to be spiritual without the need for metaphysics, basically. And being spiritual to me is just, in my definition, is that feeling of oneness, realizing that you aren't in your head. You are you, your whole body, down to your fingernail. That that Whatever Mark is, he has to be a fingernail, right? He has to be a, a toe hair. You know what I mean? He has to be a nose. Those are all parts of what Mark is. Right. Just like those are all parts of Zach or anybody. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it also reminds me, again, in a religious argument I was in, I was trying to understand how well the person I was talking with or arguing with, understood the fundamental basics of physics. And I asked him a simple question. I asked him, do you believe your breath is physical? And they said no. And that blew my mind because it never I never questioned the fact that my every function, even listening and thinking, is physical, right? Right. That that would be anything other than. But to them, physical was... More like, uh, I, for lack of a better term, opaque. Anything that's you know, well, it was hard objects. Yeah, it was. It was like a child's definition of physical. Like I can use my hands on things, and those things I can touch and see, they're physical. Mm -hmm. But if I can't see them, they're more like a magic. And so that helped me to understand being even more open-minded. But it brings up the question I wanted to ask you, and I'm glad that you had you brought up the spiritual question because i wanted to ask both of us if what we thought if multitasking is born from is it does it come from nature or is it societal is this something that conglomerates train into the labor force so that we would be productive or do we multitask inherently okay so multitasking isn't productive It, it takes you longer to complete both tasks and both tasks are done inefficiently studies have been done and the more you multitask the worse you get at it so it does you can't even get better at it like the people right. that are tested to be better at it are people who don't ever do it on average yeah uh or on a regular basis um is it born i think it's a natural thing because you you feel better about yourself when you think you're getting more things done right but you're kind of you're not really doing that so you get that dopamine response from completing tasks and getting more things done and all this but and you feel like you're getting more things done because you're checking your emails and you're and you're on a zoom call and you're doing this other stuff and it's like you know so you're kind but you're not you're switch tasking right and and they said I, i i saw one place where it said uh it can take upwards to 20 minutes to to switch tasks completely right so to like actually effectively to get back into like a flow state and to mm. be a, back into an effective state of of that task mm-hmm. so if you're switch taxing you're never getting into or multitasking right you're never really getting into that flow state and you're never really getting into that um that groove that samurai brain that right. i wish i had yeah my brother has that he's i think that is i think you'll find that in just about any musician uh, is that I call it samurai brain, but it's just a focused mind. 
because he can pick up a guitar. Yeah, I know and what you instantly mean. Instantly, the world is closed out for him. He just yeah. he's just in the zone right away, and I'm not. And that's something I I guess that's one of my goals in life is to become more like that, because I've I grew up. You know, okay, it, it part of it I think is natural. I I was the oldest brother, so I had more responsibility growing up between my other two siblings. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had that's how I was raised, too, is that I had to set an example. Right. So I had, regardless of my intention or intuition or desire, had to act a certain way, you know, in front of them and in front of my parents, especially at social gatherings, which in a Slavic family is every fucking day. (laughs) So that I think has something that that's where my ability to multitask was praised. And I think because of praise, just like anything, when you're praised, you want to get presumably better at it right and i think you can i think i think multitasking is a skill whether we rename it or not to switch tasking or serial tasking or parallel tasking whatever terms we want to make up i think it is a skill and that is another question i had was do is there is it beneficial i think it is even though i don't want to say it is i think it is beneficial maybe i have to because i've relied on it i don't see to me it's like when people say you can't multitask, I'm like, well, yeah, duh. You can't. You can't literally. You can't write a book and do math problems at the same time. Right. Like, you can't do that. But but like I think what a, you can do yeah. is like like what I do when I multitask. I'll play video games, listen to a podcast at the same time, or listen to YouTube videos because like a lot of travel time in video games. Oh man, you brought up something. And it's like I and, and I get bored, you know. Like my hands have to do something, my brain has to do something. Like I have to be occupied at all levels, so I need to be doing something. I need to have stimulus. So you are a severe multitasker, then. Well, when it comes to like, because that's that's that- when it comes to things that are basic, you know, I can. Like uh, like video games, or it's a very easy thing to. Well, I to- wouldn't say that's basic. Actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not let's not trip over this. Or, or let's trip on this. Let's not run past it. Um, I would argue that playing a video game and listening to a podcast is like driving a car and cutting up an, an onion. I mean, you're you're doing two very distinct focus based activities at the same time. How much no, retention? Because, because when, oh, when, I don't know, when, man. When when a cutscene comes up or um, a really challenging part of a video game. You know, like uh, a combat scene that's really difficult. I'll pause the video because I'm like, I'm interested in what's happening on the video, too. But like if it's just travel time or if it's I'm trying to create a loadout or, you know, these are easy, simple things that don't really take much focus. I I watch YouTube while driving, man. Like it's very well, you that's like nothing. uh, Yeah, but that is multitasking. And I'm not passing judgment, but that is multitasking, and this, we do it all the it, time. It is in the sense of the of not switch tasking, right? I'm not focusing on one and then the other. Cause, no, but there, cause, there's cause degrees it's, to it, this. It's the, it's the what do they call that? The I'm not using my working memory to uh, just walk in a straight line. No, I understand a, you're prioritizing what's important. Like you said, when you're yeah. driving and you're listening to a podcast, we all do. I do that. Yeah. Or even just music. Um, you're prioritizing your driving, mm-hmm. right? But that, but you are still distracted. That is an extra distraction. And I would say the real, what suffers is retention. At least that's what I notice. On what part of the video game or of what you're listening whichever, to? Whichever, whichever you're prioritizing, 
because you're going you're going to lose segments of it. Let me give you another example, right? Someone told I know you want you're itching to say, but let me just give you one more example. I had a I used there's a guy a Polish guy I used to work out with, and he used to talk shit about people who would watch TVs while they were on treadmills. Okay, okay. and I'm like. Well, wait a minute. I, you know, right away, my brain's like my logical brain's like, you know, deductively, I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with that? That seems like an easy thing to multitask, right? Running on a treadmill and watching a soap opera you don't give a shit or a bunch of commercials mm-hmm. and some newscast. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can't even hear what the people are saying. You're just staring at it, yeah. right? How could that be Pretty a colors. negative to your exercise? So I thought about it more. I thought about it more. And I started, I turned it into an experiment, right? I, I, I had days where I would run to silence. Right. Or just music. But silence was the real important test. And by silence, I mean, I wasn't adding a distraction, just the gym and and me and the treadmill. I hate that. And then other days I would put on music. I would watch TV or whatever. And I noticed something. What was suffering was my posture. Okay. Now, the treadmill was keeping me to pace. Right. And the argument we have with ourselves that I had with myself that most people I'm sure do too is that, well, the treadmill's doing the work for me. I'm, I'm at five and a half miles per hour right. for the next 10 minutes or whatever. So I'm fine. I'm getting my exercise. But you're actually missing out on part of your exercise. What you're missing out on is things that are really important, like your form, how you're running and your hips will get lazier. That's what I literally noticed. My hip movement was lazier. When I was watching, when I had a distraction, as opposed to when I was focusing on my running. And it seems silly to turn running into a focus because it gets boring so quickly. But man, I'm telling you, you that is a that is a mental discipline, a training that I think is beneficial. What do you mean by your hips get lazy, though? Like like the anterior tilt, like your your hips start to tilt forward and your your butt sticks back. So just like in 3D modeling, right? We're 3D models. Yeah. And the 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 zero point, right? Let's say the the axis, the three, the, the center of all three of our axes. If you were to put that in the middle of your hip, mm-hmm. okay, that directly affects the rest of your body. The way right. you, your gait affects your body, your spine, your back, yeah, everything, your shoulders, your neck, uh, your ankles, your knees. Your gait affects all those things, okay? Mm-hmm. And what brought me, what brought this attention to me originally was when I was, um, uh, years ago when I lived in the city, I joined a running group call, through a company called Fleet Feet. And they were a little store that sold like shoes. That's where I bought my Asics and all that stuff, right? Expensive running gear, basically. And one thing they did that was really interesting was, they had guys there that were professional runners and I'm like a professional runner. What does that mean? But these guys were, they made money doing races and promoting. They're like race cars basically. And before YouTube and like all that was like a big thing and, you know, influencer would have. So these guys made their money going to like different running groups. They were salesmen, but they also had some nice setups for testing your, uh, your balance when you're in your gate and they would test, Hmm. They'd put you on a treadmill, they had cameras, they had a mirror, and they had a sensor for pressure, right, built into the machine. And you'd start by a really slow walk, and it felt funny. But as you got faster, you know, you could tell the guy, you know, the instructor was watching you. And because he was watching me, I started to pay more attention, just like, where am I? Like, oh, that shoulder's lower than the other one. That's kind of weird. Or, you know, like, like, well, I throw my right leg uh, forward harder than I throw my left leg. Like, so I'm kind of actually dragging my left leg because of that. And when they were done testing me, uh, or us, they would show you that information. And boy, yeah. is that eye-opening. So when you start to fix your gait and your form, yeah. okay, 
you you eliminate a lot of pain and damage that you cause even just by walking. Yeah. And that is what's taken away from you when you watch, when you distract yourself while exercising. Okay, so well, I'm going to comment on the yeah, exercise yeah. and then go back Rewind, to yeah. the, the video game aspect of it. Um, so I do notice that when I'm working out, my mind-muscle connection is not as strong if uh, I'm listening to something or, or like you know watching YouTube while lifting, right? Um, I, I won't I won't focus on the muscle as, as much. But sometimes in some exercises, I'm I'm pretty used to that that connection. Some exercises are easier than others, mm. so I, I will miss complete sections of whatever I was listening to because I started paying attention to my muscles because I realized right. oh I'm not really focusing here. Let's make sure I'm I'm activating my my you know. My, my pack or whatever. Um, so I, I do notice like that. I know what you're saying with, with it being a distraction because I will tune it out completely and then I'll have to go back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to go to the, the video game though, I have noticed that my, my connection actually gets stronger when, uh, when I'm doing both because I will tie both memories together. Um, so if I'm listening to that segment again, I'll remember what I was doing in the video oh, game. Oh, so you create a, a, a mile marker. Yeah, well, yeah. I create like a... Yeah, yeah, I would call it a mile marker or just association. Mm, association, Yeah. Right. So, I, and then I if I go back that. in that spot in the that. video game, I'll remember what I was listening to at that time as well. Like, I was... I was uh, one time I listened to the entire Bible while while playing a, a video game, just to like you know you know I'm always interested in sure and just you know and testing it and seeing you know well, maybe maybe I missed something the first time you know mm-hmm. what what why why are so many people like into this thing and I'm not yeah um so but like I, I and then I was listening to that again and I had all these flashbacks of a video game I'm like oh yeah i played this video game at this time like this is insane <laughs> so then maybe that's a benefit then of and also yeah and then like while walking as well i had the same thing i like when i um was doing my japanese uh a lot and i would walk while listening to it um when i went through by these uh places again i would remember words so like oh yeah domo arigato gozaimasu like you know all these other different things and so it's like it's really cool. Like you can, you, I don't know when I multitask certain things like that, things that are automatic, uh, they become associated with each other and those connections become actually stronger. I feel cause like I'm re-remembering when I go by this place again. Do you think it's important that, well, I don't want to ask if you think it's important for, well, yeah, let's ask that. Do you think it's important that, this becomes more of a trend in our society because one thing Thatcher what? Wine mentioned as well was the, the the point on boredom I think is very important because I often find myself just allowing myself to be bored again. And that sounds strange, but there was a time in my life where I would just get bored and that was a part of being a person, right? Yeah. Like if you're in a waiting room and you're waiting for the dentist to call you or for your oil change to be done – you would just get bored and that's okay. Like sometimes you're just going to be bored in life, but now you don't have to be. You never have to be bored ever in your life at any moment. Okay, so I used to think being bored was important. I no longer think that. 
I hate being bored. It is the dumbest thing. I don't need to do that. I don't have any profound thoughts when I'm bored. I literally will go on loops of like half remembered songs and like there's no good thoughts coming. There's no creativity coming in when I get bored. If I sit really? down and, and, and focus on being creative and like put myself in that state to be able to become creative, then yes, I can do that. But when I'm just like, at work not doing anything like letting like having guests come in at doors and just like when there's no guests coming in i'm literally standing there doing nothing it's like this is the dumbest thing i'm literally wasting my time there is no good thoughts coming to me right now like i'm just like so your imagination disappears on you when everything you disappears bored? i like i like that is almost become a, profoundly like, unique drained. i i it is i'm just trying to get through the time and there's nothing that comes i used to think it was very important to be bored I no longer think that. Because, well, let me because I've been bored it, again. Maybe. And I remember when I was a kid, yeah. there was nothing good coming out of like when I was sitting in the car waiting for my dad to get back in from the grocery store or from the gas station, or whatever. Well, I think what I'm, I think what he's saying and what I'm saying, what's important about being bored, if we want to put it that way, is that it allows your imagination to flex. Because if your imagination has any purpose. I think it is to keep you from being bored. I mean, that's what kicks in for me immediately when I start to feel bored. So you're saying even your imagination they, doesn't kick in for yeah, you? Yeah, no, it doesn't. But they say imagination also is important for planning and planning ahead and making... Well, it has, other, of yeah, course. I, yeah. But I mean, it's a tool, but yeah. it, it comes up naturally is what I mean when when you're bored. It doesn't for it me. It doesn't have... That's no, so, I, that's, have to, I have that's to focus profound. on it. I have to, I, yeah, that's something I have that to focus on. That sounds like suffering. <laughs> boredom it is boredom is suffering because i become like uh i, I almost become like a zombie i'm just like i'm just trying to get i mean even this. it's it's not even meditation at that point because it's like because unless i choose to start meditating then and to, to start like focusing on the body and focusing on breath and things like that i, I my my mind doesn't my, my there's like literally just like how am i gonna say emptiness because it's just it's like it's like you know, like when you're watching like a movie and you can put like a B and then it loops that sec segment. Yeah. That's kind of what happens in my mind. I start looping things, and it's like this is. This, Boy, I would want to avoid boring, that too. If that this is the boringest thing, and I hate it. I hate it so much, and I hate rewatching things. So just like repeating things in my mind is the worst. Is, <laughs> I can't. I can't escape it. Boy, if I was a scientist, I'd want perform experiments on your brain because <laughs> that is that is profound to me i don't i don't think i've ever known anyone that that, that forgive me for saying maybe suffers from that because that does sound because i mean even when my boredom leads to depression let's say like lots of negative thoughts that is my imagination still working yeah that's not that that does happen to me like when i'm left alone with my own thoughts too like like that happens but most of the time, it just like those those are more fleeting, than, and then like if it's like in the middle of the day, those usually come at night when I'm trying to sleep, and then I have to like drown those out with what something else. I think I'm gonna start reading again before sleep because I think focusing. First of all, I want to I want to read again. Mm. I it, it bothers me that I I don't read like I used to because when I worked. In the early 2000s, when I was in my early 20s and I worked in plastic surgery, I read all the time. I went through so many books those, what was it, five years that mm -hmm. I worked. So from like 2000, yeah, from, I would say from 2000 
one or 2000 to 2005 to 2006, I read a lot. That's where most of my reading comes from. And I noticed that it dropped off significantly after that. And you know what changed? Now that I think about it. You got a smartphone? I got a phone. Uh-huh. I got a fucking cell phone. Boy, is that uh, you know that's depressing. something. That's something I I, uh, <laughs> I that just occurred to me. So that's something that my 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 inability to to read at the same level as everyone else has benefited me. Is that like I'm not on social media. <laughs> I don't do Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I don't do any of that stuff because like that's all reading. Like I'm not gonna do that. I'll see you later. But Interesting, like, yeah. so it's for like, now at least, yeah. <laughs> till they plug it into your brain. I mean, that's it's kind of cool. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool, in like a sci-fi horror kind of cool. Yeah, but it's I also- mean, it would be cooler. It would look if it was properly utilized or properly given to the the, the common man for for good, for imagination and human like uh, evolution. Mm. I would agree, but you know, it's just gonna be something else to market us with. Yeah, and another way phones, to steal our data. Yeah, but, but then cell phones will be nothing. There won't be any problem at that point. So. <laughs> yeah, they'll be in my fucking skull. I, yeah. I won't have to hold it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's that, the thing with technology, that not though, is that, is, is that like, we've always had these problems, right? These are... What th- problems? Multitasking, media, uh, maybe but not see, media, but okay, like... But, see, that's but, what's so, but even if it's not like the media, it's the government at yeah, that point. Yeah, but that's it's telling of our power. times. It's what? It's telling of our times, isn't it? I mean, I'm jealous of a farmer. I'm jealous of a farmer from the 1930s. He had a lot of simple tools. And f- just forgive my ignorance here for a moment because I'm not a farmer from the 1930s, right? So I have to look at it through the lens of time. But here is someone who had motorized tools, but they weren't as complicated as today. There was no digital or computer technology involved with right, it. Right, you were able there to fix There was a lot of simple tools that farmer was an expert at what he did he spent his whole life doing it that sounds boring but to my brain it doesn't that sounds profound that that that's so amazing that that person could just dedicate themselves to that one vocation now the vocation comes with lots of jobs and responsibilities and other disciplines but over time they are definitely mastered right it becomes a corporation in your mind a business in your mind that you run being able to delegate the use of your knowledge, right? That's like running a business, I have to imagine, as someone who has only failed at trying to start one. But I'm trying to make a point, right? And the point is that I am jealous of that level of direct focus. Maybe it's only born from the fact that I've spent so much time doing the opposite, so I want what I don't have. Mm -hmm. That could be part of it. But I think there is more value. In my mind, I guess the argument I'm making is there is more value in that focus. Yeah, but I also think that they had the same amount of distractions too. They had, they had uh, daydreaming. They had uh, well, the talking to other people. Change. They had they had books. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, just because oh, technology mean- got more complex doesn't mean that problems have gotten ha- has has changed. We still are dealing with the same problems. Well, the, we're dealing that- with the same problems, but I don't agree that the, the that the distractions are the same. Not at all. There are so many more distractions today than there were in 1930 by far i mean the fact that privacy doesn't even exist anymore is a pretty big telling of the fact that there are so many more distractions for us and there and there's so many distractions that it seems we 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 suffer i feel i suffer exhaustion almost immediately just thinking about all the things i could be doing exhausts me 
if I let it, if I sit and just mull over the over all the things that are at my fingertips by simply going on the internet, I'm almost in, instantly like sniped, like murdered. My my ambition is almost murdered. I have to really sit and think alone what I'm what I'm going to aim my focus at. Yeah, I, I don't really have that. That I don't notice that issue when I go on the internet, mm. like because I'm going to youtube most of the time right and i don't like half i don't watch half a video and then go to another i stick to the whole video and i watch long form videos 20 minutes at at, at minimum you know they're, i wonder if that's so, an age different like a, a di- because we have like a 10 year age difference i wonder if that's part of it in the sense that because that's you brought up something you brought up an interesting thought just now um where when I sit down at my computer or device to get on the internet, I still think of it as getting on the internet. I don't feel like I'm constantly attached to it, like it's a part of me, even though it technically is now. I still think of it as like getting in the seat of a, a plane or something, and I'm going to learn, I'm going to remember how to fly or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. going to pilot this plane. That's the internet. And I, I, my mind still makes me, stops me, like at the, let's say the front of the internet, my Google search tab. Um, makes me decide what we're going to do and i often feel guilty because usually it's something pleasurable right it's games or porn or whatever or like you said youtube Mm -hmm. and now and i and the reason why it's a warning for me is because i feel like i'm going to waste my time on pleasure when i'm sitting in front of the greatest encyclopedia that was ever given to me it's like see but that's what i use youtube for is mostly education but it seems more free-flowing for you like you don't think about it you just plug in Right, it's kind of like you're born well, in the I've matrix, architect- and I was born I, I, I've before. I've designed my YouTube to, you know, serve me. To 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 my subscription feed is only is only channels I want to watch. Most of them are educational channels. Um, my my home screen I don't use that often. No, but and what I'm I, getting at is your your you're in, you don't dis, you don't discern intention. You just plug in. You're just you're just on it. Right when you get when you're on the internet, it wasn't like a decision. Well, yeah, you, I'm not. I'm not searching. You'd be for like a tonight, you know, at thing. eight thirty-two or whatever. Eight thirty is going to be my internet time or anything like that. Right? I mean, you don't. It's not a constant decision for you. You're just doing it. Yeah, because that's that's what I want, though. That's yeah. my point, though. That's I think mentally that is a big difference. I think maybe between those who were adults when the internet was introduced compared to those. To who were introduced to it as a child or were born after the fact, and it's just a part, you know, it's as common as pillows. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just there. I you mean, I didn't, I didn't it. have... It's like using a faucet. Yeah. When you go to get water from a faucet, you don't think about what you're going to do with that water, how it's going to benefit you, or how long you're going to have the faucet on. You just go, you fill your cup, and you and you, you bail, right? Yeah. You bounce. So that's, that's yeah, that's kind of how I use YouTube. That's and, my and point. The in general, that's my yeah. the point. I'm the, the, I'm trying to but understand I that. Yeah, but I I go I go on to use YouTube most of the time. That's my intent. My, I have intent, you know, is to is to gain some kind of knowledge. I don't know what that knowledge is going to be because I'm not I'm not looking looking up a certain topic all the time. But you don't say, for example, you don't judge yourself about what you're going to do with your time while you're on the internet right does that ever occur to you or you just you just sort of beeline straight to whatever your intention is whatever your desire yeah is. i don't i don't judge it ever that's what's interesting like um because i do and that's that's where i'm trying oh, to understand um 
what caused that that bridge at interruption what causes your judgment or yeah i mean causes- i think i know i think it's because of the fact that how i was how i learned to apply time is maybe skewed or different than someone younger than me right because i know mine is different from someone older than me mm-hmm. and i can have that conversation with someone who's like you know even 10 years older than me uh but let's say for more significant difference like 20 years older than me right and that will give me a window an idea of how different they apply the decision making of the use of their time is what i'm getting at Mm -hmm. and i think that affects multitasking too because i can see like my niece my nieces and nephews uh who are just now becoming adults you know they're just hitting 20 or 19 they it's amazing to me how fluid technology it's a part of them yeah it's not a device it's it it is a part of them and i mean just removing it looks like torturing them it looks like you cause pain you cause like a direct pain by if you try to remove them from it like it is a torturous experience for them yeah and that is bizarre to me because i still do feel and often do remove it myself willingly because I, I look time, at it as a tool still. Yeah. I don't look at it as a part of me. The only time I, I don't use my phone is when I'm at work. Yeah. That's, you know. But that's I, a rule. Yeah. If it wasn't a rule, you'd well, probably I mean, would. Well, that's not right? true, actually. When I'm with friends, I don't use my phone either. If I'm if I'm in a social event. That's a rule, too, but you set that, the rule. Kind of. I, I follow the rule that was set by... Um, like my parents or whoever, you know, like if I was at a family thing, I'm not, not, yeah, manners, yeah. I just find it, I find it rude. Right. I do too. To be on your phone when you're with friends or when you're at a social event, like you, or, or even, even at a concert, I won't be on my phone. You know, no, like that, that is biz- you know? that is the most bizarre to me. I, I don't film. I don't take pictures, mostly because I feel like it takes me out of the moment. Um, I would rather live it, and if I forget it, then I forget it. You know, that's just part of your mind. I think that there's there's value, and and living that way. For me. I agree. And if you don't want to, you don't want to. That's no, but fine. I agree, and that brings up another thing that I think validation seems to be an issue with with um, millennials and the, and, and the younger. Pixar didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I think that's not just a meme. I think that is a human emotion that has been inflated by our technology. The fact that people just want evidence that they did things. I mean, what is an influencer than the ultimate version of that? You know, a social influ- a social media influencer is the penultimate version of that, right? The the most disgusting, I think, version of it. Because everything they do has to be evidence that they did it for that validation. Right. And, and, and they find value in that, which I think is also sad. To me, that's pathetic. I, I, all right, we're getting into my uh, grumpy old man judgments <laughs> now, but I don't know. But, uh, well, let's, what would you, let's wrap this up with some final thoughts, I think. Um, we, we've talked about aging. We've talked about the benefits of multitasking. Um, well, here, here, okay, here's a question for you. What, or let's say when or what is your practice for saving yourself from too much multitasking or just too much distraction? So what do you do to help focus? What advice would you give a younger Zach for helping him focus on what he should be focusing on? So I've never really had a problem with multitasking. I don't, I never really tried to do too Two similar tasks at once. 
Um, but what I would say is that I find st- um, studying with music really helps, especially when it's um, instrumental music. Like that really that really helps me. It really helps me put in, go into the state when I'm writing. Um, say if I'm writing for like D and D or something like that, I like to listen to music that is similar themed to what I'm writing. So if it's like an Arabian theme, I like to listen to like Arabian classic music, you know, mm. like folk music in that sense. Um, I also think that doodling while, uh, listening to, uh, a professor or something like that, like in class can help a lot of people. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing as long as you're not focusing on making a good drawing, you know, maybe that's not the best thing to do, but something that's like a passive, like, uh, my grandmother does things like that went to focus on a conversation through a phone, because that's an example of something that's so still like a tool to her Mm -hmm. that, you know, like when she's talking to someone that isn't in person, that's still strange to her and she's 89. Right. So I'm not going to say she was around before phones, but where she grew up, there were no phones, right? In the mountains of Bulgaria. So that makes me think of that. Like the fact she has to draw spirals. Like there are sheets and sheets of paper. (laughs) Unfortunately, she's thrown most of it away. I wish she would have kept it. But there's just sheets and sheets of paper of her just doodling and drawing spirals without even looking a lot of times. Right. In order for her to focus on what the person in the phone is saying because she can't see them. Mm -hmm. And that affects her ability to focus. I also find when listening to someone, if you're having a hard time focusing on it, is to repeat what they're saying in your own mind. You know what I'm saying? You you understand? So, well, if you're talking. So, I like, as you're talking, I'm. I'm saying the words in my head as well. Right. Like, yeah. Following along. Almost like a yeah, narrator. Yeah. 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 So I have the inner monologue that's like talking or repeating what you said pretty much. I think what that is, is your brain confirming what I'm saying makes sense. Not that you understand the concepts, but, but that is part of it. But rather that mm-hmm. the words being said translate into meaning. So it's almost like a confirmation, like a quality assurance of the brain on the noise that you're interpreting. Yeah. I just think it's like, for me, it's, it's just, it's focused, right? It it doesn't let my mind then wander and start thinking about like other things that you sparked by talking, you know, by whatever you said in that moment, my mind doesn't then start like, you know, do you find it easier to retain knowledge when you're looking at someone speaking? Or just listening to them? Well, looking, for sure. If I'm watching their mouth Why is move. that? What do you think? Is it the mannerisms? Is it because if they're the, I, ugly I, or attractive? If they're charismatic? I, I think there's a lot of... Um, you can convey a lot of meaning in your expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the mouth move, you can understand There's the more association, better. maybe? With yeah, the, exactly. There's more association. There's That's another thing that I can't do is slides while someone's talking i cannot focus on slides and try and read your bullet points while you're talking like how you does that how how do you think i'll even if it's like a sentence like that is that is too much no i like, I, I, have, I you know i i agree i've always thought that uh i hate powerpoint that yeah is i don't thing. think they help i think they i don't think they help a presentation unless you have a graph a graph is fine if you and you're explaining the graph Here's where this is, and this is why um, my, my upward trend is going this way. That, that, that is, you know, okay, cool. That's fine. A picture to that you're talking about, 
like that that's good too like but like us like a bullet point where there's words and you want me to listen to you and read those bullet points like yeah i'm not gonna happen. no i agree i mean i'll do it but it's 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 it seems counterintuitive. yeah and like i hate it when youtube videos will put extra information um about whatever they're saying so if they like they hit two points but there's like three points on the on the page it's like wait what like why are you t- like talk read that out loud for me please like oh. don't don't just like glance over that spot like don't don't forget it yeah that's yeah, rude i hate that it's like i'm not gonna read that <laughs> especially because i'm washing dishes right now you know <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah no i find um i have to i guess yeah i when i listen to a lecture or even like in class for what I am now for IT, it it does here's the thing. If it's a video, I prefer to listen to them than watch them. Mm. And for some reason the opposite is true if it's live. I don't know what it is. Because a, a person in a video can have the same quirks that they would have when they're live. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is that there is some attempt even by the person, no matter how natural they are with presenting themselves and what they're saying when they know they're being recorded and it's going to live forever essentially something changes about their presentation they're right they're more formal they're they're less themselves if that makes sense and that somehow translate that comes across to me and i can't pretend not to think about it and it ruins my ability to retain the knowledge they're giving so for me it's actually the opposite. If, if like when I'm in school right now, when I'm in class for IT, there's a lot of videos where that they have a person, and I have to, I have, to, I, I actually a lot of times just close my eyes mm-hmm. and just listen to them. And closing my eyes actually helps me focus on what they're saying quite a bit. But the opposite is true if I'm in person with that with that teacher, and I think that's the difference for me at least. And unlike you, I can't. Um, or I could, but I choose not to be doing other activities while I'm listening to something I'm trying to focus on. So I won't be driving usually or washing dishes. Um, you know, like even when I listen to our own, our, this podcast while I'm driving, Mm -hmm. it's very, it's not even secondary. It's tertiary really to what I'm, what I'm doing in my car, because what I'm really listening for is how we sound, what our flow is like, is it pulling my attention away? That's a big thing because my priority while driving is obviously driving, <laughs> you know, and if what we're talking about pulls my attention away, that's bad for driving, but good for the, for the podcast is yes. the way I look at it. Yes. Right. So if it becomes a battle, then I need to turn off the podcast. And if I turn us off, that's actually a compliment in my way. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. it means it was too interesting, no, even good, though I was there. It's a good test. Yeah. It's a good test for sure. So um, that is, yeah, that is one of the tests I do with us. But um, Some, hey, man, yeah. So any final thoughts then? Is that if I, I notice if I hear something again or if it's if it's already no knowledge to me i don't pay attention to it so if i missed something in a video i was like oh that was really interesting what did he say exactly i go back like 10 seconds i'll space out during the spot that i know i listened to and then i'll space out during the spot that i missed and i have to keep doing it and each time i go back it's more difficult to pay attention and I don't know why that is. Imagine if you did that with people in real life. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how rude but hilarious would that be? 
I need Damn you to do what you just did exactly <laughs> again, but I won't care about you this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll care even less. Okay. And then uh, oh, I just want to mention hyperlinks as well real quick. Oh, yeah. So like um, Nicholas Carr was talking about how hyperlinks are a distraction because they lead you to other pages. Yeah. But not just that. Just seeing the hyperlink will be a distraction. I don't think it's because for me, it's not because that it's a uh, should I go to that link or should I stay on this page? It's it's a distraction because it's meaningless. It's it's just a bunch of garbles because I, when I'm reading, I'm not necessarily uh, actually reading. I usually will copy and paste a, into a text to speech program so I don't have to actually read it. And when it goes over that spot, I was like zone out and then I'll miss the important part because I zoned out. So I just wanted to mention hyperlinks and something no, I, weird that I, happens to me. I, in my mind, I have. So for me, like an, an underline is an advertisement. In the oh. sense that it pulls your attention. Yeah. Right? So even something is, excuse me, even something as simple as underlining a word is an advertisement to pull your attention away. Mm-hmm. And I use the word advertisement because unfortunately that is the reality that we at least live in in the West here in America. For most of us here, life isn't a raw experience. It's a very soft, uh, manageable experience. Not to put, not to make any life you know, make light of any experience, but it really is. I mean, we, so much of what we consider to be healthy distraction isn't. And I, and I think it begins even with simple things like that. So that's my final thought, you know, that we're all fucked. Yeah, that's for sure. Life, life is a bombardment and it's hard to focus on one thing. If you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, that also helps. (laughs) Yeah, especially if you're still listening, then please consider supporting the show. We're working hard on our passion to create quality content, and we want to bring you much more. Indeed, we've got big plans for what we want to add to Audio Pong, and we'd also love to hear from you, the audience, on topics or content Zach and I can create for you. Visit AudioPong on RedCircle.com for more information on where to support the show and where to listen. Also, feel free to contact us directly through email with audiopong at gmail.com. Be happy. Be healthy. And have have a metal metal life. life.